Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. A change of seasons is upon us. This is the last Sunday in Trinity season, and Advent begins next week. These seasonal changes in the church calendar provide a certain texture and depth to the spiritual disciplines we practice throughout the year. They take us through the life of Christ in an annual cycle and through the various moods of faith, from penitence to forgiveness, from expectation to incarnation and revelation, from death to resurrection, ascension, and life in the Holy Spirit. The last Sunday in Trinity, which the prayer book calls the Sunday next before Advent, often goes by the name of Stirrup Sunday after the Collect. We ask God to stir up our wills, to get us ready, to get ready for the coming of Christ in Advent. The seasonal changes in the calendar are highlighted by the lectionaries in the Book of Common Prayer. The lectionaries are the ways the prayer book directs us to read through the Bible each year. And we follow two lectionaries. One is the Sunday Eucharistic lectionary. These are the epistles and gospels appointed for each Sunday of the year, and they are complemented by selections in the prayer book for morning and evening prayer on Sunday, which complement or highlight the themes of the Eucharistic lessons. The other lectionary we follow is the daily office lectionary. This is the way the prayer book arranges for us to read through the whole Bible each year on Monday through Saturday of each week. That lectionary is distinct from the Sunday lectionary. We read the Bible as a story rather than as a series of isolated passages to be pulled out at random. In the Eucharistic lectionary, we work our way through the life of Christ, beginning with the expectation of Advent and coming to fruition with ascension 40 days after Easter. In the daily office lectionary, we read through the whole Bible story from creation to redemption. Knowing the biblical story is important because it is our new story in Christ. If we do not read the Bible, we get lost. We forget our new story of forgiveness and redemption, which lead us to the experiences of joy and peace. And we fall back into the world's old story of sin and death, which lead us into guilt and shame and fear and even sometimes despair. In the late Trinity season, our lectionaries highlight the theme of exile and the promise of return. The Bible describes sin as an exile from God's presence and redemption as the promise of return to God. Adam and Eve sinned in 
that initial biblical story, and they were exiled from the garden, kicked out of God's presence. Then God called Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and brought their descendants to the promised land, a place where God's redeemed people were once again to live in harmony with God. The exile of sin that we read about in Genesis was ended when God gathered his people back to him to live in the promised land. This pattern of exile and return was repeated when Israel became unfaithful to the covenant. The consequence of Israel's sin was that God sent the people into exile in Babylon and indeed throughout the whole world. The Old Testament readings for morning prayer this last week described how Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, invaded Jerusalem and destroyed the temple and most everything else and carried the people away. God promised to redeem his people again by sending the Messiah to regather Israel. This is the focus of our lesson today from Jeremiah. God promised to raise up a king. And this new king would do a work of regathering that would make Israel forget about the Exodus. This new work would replace the Exodus as a central focus of Israel's faith. Quote, they shall no more say, the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel out to the land of Egypt, but the Lord lives who brought up and who led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country and out of all the places where I have scattered them, and they shall dwell in their own land. The gospel for today picks up this theme and gives us a picture of its fulfillment. Jesus, the promised king, regathers and feeds the remnant of Israel with the loaves that symbolize the bread of life. At the end of the feeding, Jesus says, quote, gather up the fragments that remain and nothing be lost. We know this has symbolic value because St. John's Gospel is always full of this kind of symbolism. St. John tells us that they gathered up 12 baskets. And these 12 baskets represent the 12 tribes of Israel, which Jesus regathers. By the time of Jesus, the exile of Israel had, in one sense, ended. Israel lived once again in the promised land. However, something was not right because the promised blessings that in the Old Testament were experienced in their fullness under Kings David and Solomon had not been restored to the nation. Jesus revealed that exile was not merely a matter of geography. It was quite possible to live in the land claim membership in the people of God, attend the authorized worship, and nonetheless remain distant from God. As God said to Isaiah, quote, this people 
draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Jesus revealed that things were not as they appeared in Israel. Many religious leaders whose positions presumed a certain status with God were in fact distant from God, were not doing the things that God wanted them to do. And many of those who had been labeled sinners were in fact closer to God because they were willing to repent, to acknowledge the things they'd done wrong and begin to live in a new way. As Jesus went about Israel preaching the gospel and regathering the remnant of Israel, it was a rather motley crew of people who actually responded to the call to repent and return to God. The new Israel looked quite a bit different than the old one. There are important lessons here for us. Our identity is rooted in this experience of exile and return. We have been called by Jesus to come out of the exile of our sins and enter into an experience of union reconciliation with God. <clears throat> we are part of the new Israel, the new people of God created by Jesus. Yet, our day-to-day -day experience reveals to us it is not always as simple as that. Exile and return are recurring themes and movements in the Christian life. We have been regathered by Jesus are prone to drift away yet again. And Jesus calls us again to come back. He regathers us again. The long season of Trinity can be just such a time of drifting. After the concentrated spiritual exercises of Lent and the long celebration that extends from Easter through the octave of Pentecost, we enter into this long green season of ordinariness. There is a tendency to lose zeal and fall into bad spiritual habits. We can enter into a spiritual malaise in which perhaps we commit no profound sin, but in which we also experience no profound measure of God's presence and glory. In the Eucharist, we repeat continually this pattern of exile and return. Each week we leave the church to enter back into our lives and the world, and each week we return again to Christ at the altar to participate again in the new exodus. Each week, Christ regathers us to himself, reenacts the pattern-defeating miracle in fulfillment of the promise of Jeremiah. Our part in this drama is to remember that we must return inwardly as well as outwardly. We are not close to God just because we come to church. 
or have been members of the church for a long time, or have a position of leadership in the church, or because we have a good reputation in the world. We are close to God. We return from the exile of sin. When we begin to hear the word of God as it applies to the various circumstances of our lives, repent of the ways we have been unfaithful and begin to reorder our lives and live in a new way. Thus, as we get ready to get ready for the coming of Christ, we pray, stir up, we beseech thee, O Lord, the wills of thy faithful people, that they, plenteously bringing forth the fruit of good works, may by thee be plenteously rewarded. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. While we have time, let us do good unto all men, and especially unto them that are